At the time of recording this podcast, there is news going out right now that Wall Street is waiting for the inflation report to be coming out sometime this week. And at the same token, you have the NASDAQ, which is on a three-day winning streak. You know, Wall Street is going to look at these inflation numbers, and they're going to give us a gauge on how they feel that Wall Street's going to be going this year. Whether they think it's going to be positive or not, that's another story. But Wall Street is paying attention to the inflation numbers. And I'm curious to know because, ironically, I was just I just went to the grocery store recently, and I noticed that eggs currently cost $7 right now. Okay, You can't blame inflation 100% for this, though, because there was a sign that said that due to a shortage and high demand, we can't give as many eggs out. And of course, the price was up a little bit. Now, it might be because of inflation as well, like I've said, but it is going to be interesting to see what this inflation report tells us this week and how Wall Street reacts to it. But there's other news to be able to talk about in today's podcast as well. For instance, Bed Bath Beyond is potentially on the brink of the brink of bankruptcy in the making right now. And what does that mean for Bed Bath & Beyond? But at the same time, you have other companies that are trying to come back into the world after they filed for bankruptcy a few years ago. Babies are Babies are Us is making an attempt to come back in New Jersey. And what does that mean for the company going forward? And we got some news from Coinbase. Coinbase is planning to slash more of its workforce. Another company at the beginning of the year that is starting to lay off people. Another interesting story that we got to get into because the tech world continues to have more layoffs. Then there's some news from Microsoft. Microsoft is investing about $10 billion in a creator of a buzzy AI tool from a company called ChatGPT. And what does that mean for Microsoft? Will Microsoft end up buying out this company? We'll talk more about that later in today's podcast. And finally, we have some news in the space sector. It's been a while since we've talked about the space sector as well. But there's a company called Capella Space that is raising $60 million by a billionaire entertainment executive named Thomas Toole. And what does that mean? Does that mean the IPO market's going to be returning? We'll find out soon. So with that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also know that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about on this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing or go talk to your own professional advisor as they would understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. I legally cannot give you financial advice. And like I've said, this is for entertainment and education purposes only. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Bed Bath & Beyond reports wider than expected loss as possible bankruptcy looms. Okay, From CNBC, Bed Bath & Beyond on Tuesday posted a, wired, a wider quarterly loss than expected as its chief executive acknowledged the struggling retailer turnaround plan has not achieved its goals. Days after the company warned of a potential bankruptcy, it painted an even more dire picture of its finances. Bed Bath lost $393 million during the fiscal third quarter, it said Tuesday, worse than a $385.8 million quarter loss it projected just last week and a 42% increase from a year ago losses. Bed Bath's net loss have now exceeded $1.12 billion for the first nine months of the fiscal year. CEO Sui Gove said that the company has already cut costs and will slash an additional $80 million to $100 million, including an unspecific number of layoffs, and that it's on track to close 
the 150 stores had previously announced, Bed Bath's operating expenses have dropped to $583.6 million compared to the $698 million last year. Here's how the retailer did in the three-month period ended November 26th, compared to what analysis were anticipating based on definitive data. Loss per share is $3.65 adjusted versus the $2.23 expected. Revenue is at $1.26 billion versus $1.34 billion expected. As the home good retailer fights to stay in business, its mounting losses have tripped triple correction have tripped up in a turnaround strategy it wants to bring back more national brands and popular products as it phases out some of its private labels yet suppliers spooked by bed bath finances have changed payment turns or stopped shipping goods leaving the store shelves emptier than usual goop said tuesday that the company is working to address the cascading financial problems in a timely manner quote although we move quickly and effectively to change the assortment and our and other merchandising and marketing strategies Inventory was constrained, and we did not achieve our goals, Go said Tuesday's release. You know, Bed Bath & Beyond, we will actually know it real soon how they did, okay? That fiscal quarter they reported was from November 26th, which means they were reporting for months. Let's see. December, November, October. Nope, it would be from September, August, July, okay? This next quarter with, no, uh, with October, November, December, <clears throat> which means they're probably going to report in February, I think February's report will let us know exactly where Bed Bath & Beyond is going. And the only reason I say that is if they didn't do well during the holiday season shopping, which a lot of these retailers tend to do, then that's when you're going to see a lot of issues popping up for the company. Okay, And with that being said as well, that also means that there's a chance Bed Bath & Beyond is going to have a bankruptcy filing soon. I mean, we spoke on Bed Bath & Beyond last year, and we had reported at the time, and it's actually gone a little bit silent. We had mentioned, and I'd, I'd go listen to that past podcast if you want to know more what's going on with Bed Bath & Beyond, at least from last year's perspective. But the CEO, the former CEO, before Gove took over, pretty much took his life. He did. Okay. And it was kind of a big shocker to the world. Okay. I think the former CEO caused a lot of damage. And granted, he, I can't put 100% blame on him, but I can say that people don't do things unless they know they've done something bad. Now, granted, there was some type of lawsuit or something that was heading his way too, and hence why they think he pretty much took his life, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I looked into that report. I just remember reporting it here on this podcast, and I'd advise going to listen to it. But Bed Bath & Beyond is probably going to continue to struggle, okay? If people are not sending inventory over there, and if and if they're not having shelves that are filled, that's going to be a big issue. But we'll find out real soon, because like I said, this was the holiday season, and this is when a lot of these retail stores make a lot of their money is during the holiday season. And so we'll find out how Bed Bath & Beyond did, and like I said, come February, we'll know bankruptcy is coming close. But speaking of companies that, are, that have been through the bankruptcy process, Babies RS is on the turnaround, okay? You remember that company? Babies R Us, Toys R Us. It's making a slow comeback. In fact, something I want to point out. I was in a store the other day. I think it was, I can't remember what store it was, but I remember seeing a little section of for Toys R Us and it blew my mind that there was a Toys R Us section, okay? But it says here in the retail sector, it says Babies R Us attempts comeback, plans to open store at American Dream Mall in New Jersey, okay? From CNBC, Babies R Us is trying to make a comeback. The 
the baby product retailer, which went out of business in 2018, will open a new flagship store this summer at the American Dream Mega Mall in New Jersey. Its new owners announced Tuesday. Since acquiring both the Baby RS, Baby RS and Toys R Us brands in 2021, our mission has been laser focused on bringing them back to America, the CEO of WHP Global said in the news release. WHP Global, a brand managing firm, owns the retail parent company, True Kids. Quote, our plan to open Baby RS at America Dream is the coming months and is a huge milestone in the return of Baby RS to the USA. And it sets the stage for a national rollout of Baby RS in the future, the CEO said. American Dream, when which has its own struggles, is located near MetLife Stadium, about 10 miles outside of New York City. Since acquiring True Kids in 2021, HP... WHP Global has been on the mission to bring the beloved Toys R Us and Babies R Us brands back to life. In 2021, Macy announced a partnership with WHP Global to open 400 new Toys R Us outposts inside the department stores across the country and sell their products online. I think it was a Macy's I was in when I saw it, now that I'm thinking about it. Continuing on, it says a new Toys R Us flagship was opened later this year, also as an American dream. The famed toy and baby retailer filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2017 after True Kids struggled to pay off its 12-year-old debt and compete with rising e-commerce platforms. The brand failed to restructure itself in 2018 after a crippling 2017 holiday season. And like I said, I think that's going to happen to Bed Bath & Beyond as well. It seems like history is repeating itself just in a different format. Says the company's additional and typically line of merchandise. It will offer consumers a range of incentive experiences, including a stroller test track, photo op station, and a wishing tree. Oh, correction. I, I when I jumped a little too ahead of on the paragraph I meant to read. It says the brand failed to restructure itself in 2018 after a crippling 2017 holiday season and moved forward with liquidation, closing about over 800 stores and selling inventory up to 95% discounts. Toys R Us might be on the rebound. They might be. Okay. And Baby's R Us might be the reason. But it doesn't seem promising that it says here that the American Dream is having its own struggles within it as well. You know, a place that they should consider putting a Babies R Us or Toys R Us if they were to bring it back, maybe Times Square. Or maybe not, not even Times Square. That'd probably be a bad location because there's just too many visitors there. You need a place where people have a lot of foot tra traffic at a mall, okay? Maybe in Minnesota at, I believe, was it American Mall, was it? I can't remember what that mall's called. But you need a mall where there's a lot of foot traffic if you were to bring back a brand, in all honesty. But like I said, Babies RS is giving us an idea of what could potentially happen with Bed Bath & Beyond. That's why we're reporting both of these companies today because they're both in the retail sector. One is potentially going for bankruptcy and the other one is trying to make a resurgence. Now, Bed Bath & Beyond though in particular, I don't know about you, but I don't remember the last time I have been to a Bed Bath & Beyond to be all honest, okay? And there's those memes I think that go around that says like my whole life has been a lie on how they do the inventory at Bed Bath & Beyond. And it makes me wonder, maybe the meme society will save Bed Bath & Beyond at the end of the day. But I still think come February, we're going to understand where Bed Bath & Beyond is. And like I said, I believe it's following the same path as Toys R Us did for the longest time. And there's a high probability that I don't see Bed Bath & Beyond making it. Okay, The stories seem too similar in their own way, shape, or form. Okay, Granted, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is losing a lot of market share right now to like the likes of Amazon and any online retail. And at the same time, they're not making money. And a lot of retailers are seeing that right now. So it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond gets bought out. Maybe that's Amazon's next purchase is buying out Bed Bath & Beyond. That'd be very interesting to see. 
or maybe a Target or a Walmart might do it as well. Or maybe even a Kohl's. That would be an interesting one as well. But we'll keep paying attention to what we can for Bed Bath & Beyond. But speaking of job cuts in the making now, okay? It says Coinbase to slash 20% of its workforce in second major round of job cuts. From CNBC, Coinbase, Coinbase is cutting about a fifth of its workforce as it looks to preserve cash during the crypto market downturn. The exchange plans to cut 950 jobs, according to a blog post published Tuesday morning. Coinbase, which has run roughly 4,700 employees at the end of September, already slashed 18% of its workforce in June, citing a need to manage costs and growing too quickly during the bull market. With perfect hindsight looking back, we should have done more, CEO Brian Armstrong told CNBC in a phone interview. Quote, the best you can do is react quickly once information becomes available. And that's what we were doing in this case. Coinbase said it, the move would result in an expense of between $149 million and $163 million for the first quarter. The layoffs, along with other restructuring measures, will bring Coinbase operation expenses down by 25% for the quarter, ending in March. According to the new regulatory filing, the crypto company also said it expects adjustments EBITDA losses for the full year will be in, within the prior $500 million guardrail set last year. Quote, uh, continuing on, it says, after looking at the various stress tests for Coinbase annual revenue, Armstrong said, quote, it, <coughs> it became clear that we would need to reduce expenses to increase our chances of doing well in every scenario, and that there's no way to do that without reducing headcount. The company will also be shutting down several projects with a lower probability of success. Cryptocurrency markets have been rocked in recent months following the collapse of one of the industry's biggest players, FTX. Armstrong pointed out to the fallout of increasing pressure of the sector thanks to unscrupulous actors in the industry, referring to FTX and its founder, Sam Backman-Fried. Quote, the FTX collapse and the resulting contagion has created a black eye for the industry, he said, adding "There's more that there's likely more shops, uh, correction, correction, they're likely more shoes to drop. Continuing on, it says, we have not been in the last of it and will be increased security on various companies in the space to make sure that they're following the rules. Armstrong said, long term, that's a good thing. But short term, there's a lot of market fear. You know, this is what I'm going to say, okay. One of the biggest reasons why Coinbase did so well, at least the last couple of years when they were having to grow, is because you had people that were receiving free money. And, well, it wasn't really free money. It was just them printing on the printing press from the U.S. government. And people were taking that money and were investing into cryptocurrencies. Okay. And Coinbase might have been one of them. Okay. Now, Coinbase probably did see a lot of trading happen during that time. Free money. People didn't know what to do with that money. So they probably just sat at home during the COVID pandemic and were trading the cryptos. Okay. People aren't sitting at home anymore. So a lot of people are back at work. And because of that, you're not going to be seeing as much trading volume anymore. Even they say here on CNBC as well that they say it's the end of a growth era. It says Coinbase joins a chorus of other tech companies cutting jobs after going on a hiring binge during the COVID pandemic. See, like I just said, last week, Amazon said it would cut 18,000 jobs. That's good to know. We missed that because at the time I was out under the feeling under the weather. So it's continuing on. It says more that the online retailer initially estimated estimated last year with Salesforce reducing its headcount by more than 7,000 or 10%. Elon Musk slashed Twitter, half of Twitter's workforce after taking the helm as CEO last year and Meta cut more than 11,000 jobs or 13%. Crypto companies Genesis, Gemini, and Kraken have also reduced their workforce. Okay. Tech companies continue to lay off people. Okay. And one of the biggest reasons potentially is because there was a lot of free money going around, especially in the crypto markets when people are doing trading at home all day. Okay. Says here, earlier last year, Coinbase had said it planned to add 2,000 jobs across product engineering and design. Armstrong said he's now trying to shift the culture at Coinbase to get back to its startup roots of smaller teams that can move quickly. 
and of course, Coinbase did go public in 2021, where a lot of money came in. Okay, it says here's Coinbase went public in 2021 and has seen its share price plummet since. The stock is trading below $40 after sur- sur- surging as high as $429.54 on the days of its debut. Coinbase debts that's maturing in 2031 continues to trade at roughly 50 cents on the dollar. The company still has cash and equivalents of roughly five billion as the end of September. At the end of September, Coinbase said it would would email affected employees on their personal accounts and revoke access to company systems. Armstrong acknowledged that the latter feels sudden and harsh, but it also prudent choice given the responsibility of protecting customers' information. There's being more layoffs soon this year. And honestly, the tech sector is probably going to feel it the most. Okay, We had talked about this in yesterday's podcast that there's not a lot of IPOs in the making, hence why Golden, Goldman Sachs is having to lay off people. And we had mentioned in our podcast, we said we firmly believe that there will be more layoffs in the making because a lot of banks aren't having IPOs. Okay, The only people who can afford investing in potential the next big thing are a lot of rich people. Okay, And it says here from the tech sector from CNBC, it says Microsoft reported plans to invest $10 billion in creator of fuzzy AI tool ChatGDG. PT. Okay. It says Microsoft plans to invest 10 billion in open AI, the startup behind popular artificial intelligence tool chat GPT, according to a report from Semaphore. The deal is part of the funding round with other investors involved that would value open AI at a whopping 29 billion. Semaphore reported Tuesday, citing people familiar with the matter. It isn't clear whether the deal has been finalized, but Term sheets sent out to prospective investors indicated that the plan was to close the deal by the end of 2022. Semaphore reported it's now 2023. Obviously, continuing on, it says Microsoft re- reported get a 75% of open AI's profits, which means they probably own about 75% of the company currently right now, until it makes back the money on its investment, which after which the company would assume 49% of open AI. <coughs> continuing on, it says for several weeks, the tech company. The tech world has been abused, uh, correction, abuzz with chatter about ChatGPT. The tool is a natural language processing model, meaning it's designed to generate text that appear as though a human wrote it. The AI, the AI model, it's itself a variant of the GPT-3 family of large, large language models, have been used for everything from developing code to writing college essays. Hmm, good to know. There's probably going to be a lot of college students who are going to start using this going forward. Continuing on with the article, it says, a bet on chat. GPT. I'm going to call it just chat going forward because saying chat GPT is just too much of a tongue twister right now for me. Continuing on, it says, could help Microsoft boost its efforts in web search, a market dominant by Google. The company's Bing browsers only has a small share of the global search engine market. However, it's hopes that the deal would help the firm chip away at Google's dominance by offering more advanced search capabilities. In December, Morgan Stanley published the report examining whether chat is a threat to Google. Brian Nowak, the bank's lead analysis of Alphabet, wrote the language models could take market share and disrupt Google's position at the entry point for the people of the internet. You know, something tells me right here that Microsoft is going to probably end up buying out this company in the way uh, when it's all said and done. Okay. Think about it. They will still own about 49% of the company, 49% stake in the company once they make their money back. Okay. What's probably going to happen is this Microsoft's going to make their money back and they're going to determine how quickly it's going to, for them to make their money back. Okay. They'll, they'll see how long it takes. And then once they own a 49% stake in the company, they'll see, okay, how long is it going to take for us if we were to buy out the company to make that money back? Okay. Microsoft is wanting to compete with Alphabet and all honestly, they're trying to get people to use Bing more often. They're trying to make it so that you are using a lot of Microsoft tools and take away Alphabet's 
I guess, moat that they have around the internet search, okay? I mean, think about it this way. If you use Microsoft Teams right now and you try to search for anything on the internet or like if you click on certain links, it sometimes takes you onto Bing, okay? Microsoft is trying to make a one-stop shop all section, okay? Kind of like a lot, a lot of companies are trying to do, okay? And the other thing too is Microsoft makes a lot of money off their Bing ads too, okay? Think about this. There is, I mean, you might not, you, you might not use Bing as much unless you are a Bing user, but there are a lot of ads on Bing. And I mean, look at Google, for instance. Google has a lot of ads on their websites as well when you do searches, okay? Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft does plan to buy out this company eventually. They're just trying to figure out what it's going to take. And the other thing too, they're going to try to figure out as well. They're probably going to try to figure out if it's worth buying out, if it can compete with Google at the end of the day, which it sounds like they will uh, be able to compete with Google in some way, shape or form. So we got to keep an eye out for this because Microsoft's continuing to make moves, even though the company's not doing well across the board. Now, granted, they're not doing well because they're not making much on their ad revenue side of things through LinkedIn advertising and also Bing. But I think a lot of companies are using their Microsoft office still, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where the, a lot of the revenue is coming from. Even though I think if I remember last quarter, we, we talked about it in our last podcast in this, around last quarter. We, you can go back and listen to that podcast to see what's going on with Microsoft, at least at this time. But I think it was at the time it was being reported that Microsoft wasn't doing well because people weren't using as much Microsoft stuff anymore. But then again, granted, it's probably because there was a lot of people not starting businesses as much anymore, at least at the time of last year, towards the end of 2022. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out when it's all said and done. But the last most important thing, okay, speaking of people investing, and it's a bunch of rich people, okay, because like I said, that's where a lot of the capital is going to start coming from, okay, it says Capella Space raises $60 million from fund run by billionaire entertainment executive Thomas Toll, okay. From CNBC, San Francisco-based satellite imagery specialist Cap Capella Space raised $60 million in fresh capital, the company announced Tuesday. Capella raised the equity from the U.S. Initiative Technology Fund, a recently established private investment vehicle of billionaire Thomas Toole. The investor is best known for his work in the film industry, having started a production studio, Legendary Entertainment, behind blockbuster movies such as Dune and The Dark Knight. Capella is the fund first space investment, told, told CNBC. Quote, it's a combination of the best available imagery imaging and we're aware of the other data tools for analysis tool said adding if you're going to take a ton of images from space you better be able to sort through them the latest raise brings capella to about 250 million in total equity and debt financing since its founding in 2016 the company declined to disclose its valuation after the new fund raise you know that's interesting that they're not doing that so it makes me wonder how much of their products is actually out there currently right now continuing on it says i've never celebrated any fund fundraising that we've done. It was always sort of a thing that needed to happen for us to do other important things. And in a similar, but as you know, the market is crazy. So I think it validates all the good things that we're doing that we can raise capital from quality investors like Thomas Capella, founder and CEO told CNBC. Capella's business is focused on satellite imagery market with the satellites using a specialized technology known as synthetic uh, a Perture Radar, or SAR, as it's short for. The advantage of the SAR is its ability to capture images at any time, even at night or through the cloud cover, which is often imp impedient for traditional optical satellite tech. The company has grown its headcount from just over 200 people, nearly doubling its size last year, and has seven satellites currently in orbit. Okay, so that, that answers my question. 
<coughs> that they at least have seven satellites, seven satellites in orbit right now. Okay. It says here, well, uh, I think it's, I think this is Isaiah. Well, Ban Banazade declined to specifically how many more satellites Capella plans to deploy in orbit. He said, quote, we have quite a bit of its next generational Ar Arcadia satellites linked up to launch this year. Okay. Continuing on with a quote, though, to end this before we close up this podcast today, it says, quote, we're super focused on market adoption and therefore revenue is a metric that we use. We have exceptional growth in 2022 and we expect similar growth in 2023. Okay. You know, space industry <coughs> is going to eventually be the next big hot topic. Wall Street probably will be talking about this real soon. Okay. They will be. Okay. And I'm just going to advise, and this is financial advice, but you need to try to be careful out there as much as possible. Okay. Wall Street will make a big deal. At least when the bear market comes to an end, there will at some point be a giant push into the space industry. Okay. Let's put it this way. Okay. Today, when I was watching CNBC News, okay, we had reported at least last quarter, I can't remember if it was in November or if it was December, but we did talk about how nuclear power was going to be the next potential big thing. Okay. Today, CNBC was finally talking about nuclear power, which means one of two things. Either they're having a slow day on CNBC or CNBC has a list of things that they want to talk about, but they can only talk about it based off when it finally gets brought up. Okay. So about over a month ago, we talked about it here on this podcast and now CNBC is finally talking about it. Okay. I think there will be a time soon where they will be start, starting to talk more about investing in the space sector okay you can almost bet if you do watch cnbc they're gonna be saying like oh what should you invest in if you're looking into the space sector and you can hear the names like tesla spacex boeing maybe lockheed martin lockheed is more of defense i guess at the end of the day not really space uh i mean there will be more talk of the space industry in some way shape or form and we've already talked about this in our past podcast too where there is a hotel that's trying to i think it was hilton hilton's trying to make it so that they can be the first hotel in space okay it's not a trend yet but the trend is coming and don't be surprised soon if you start hearing about all these space companies that are coming up coming up soon okay I want you to think about this too. Before, I think it was either before the COVID pandemic or before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, they were talking about the space area investing a little bit more. Okay. At some point they will get back to that. And when they do, just remember, there's going to be a lot of space companies out there. And this might be one of them too. My personal opinion, I can actually see Capella Space be bought out at some point. Okay. If they have this technology that can see in the dark and also see through clouds, that's kind of a big deal. What company wouldn't want that at the end of the day? Now, I don't know who's going to buy it out though. Or maybe they just continue to be their own operations. But they're currently claiming that they're doing really well since 2022. And they're expecting to do well in 2023. So continue to keep an eye out because like I said, I think the space sector will be next talked about. And it'll give us an idea of what Wall Street's thinking currently right now and potentially where the money could be going at some point. So I'll leave it there. That being said, thank you so much for today's podcast. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. So if you like the subscription helps grow this podcast, so you'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't or willing to be able to talk about at all times. Please also note too, that as you continue to share this podcast to my fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for being such dedicated fans and continuing to share this podcast with friends or family as we have been growing. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.